not always using them, are you? And I remember when I first, first came to the Lord, um, it was a... It makes me cry sometimes, you know. This age, I shouldn't be crying because cowboys don't cry. But when I first came to the Lord, there was such a, a transformation that happened in me. You know, it was like an overnight thing. I came back to work, and, and the guys didn't know what was going on with me because I used to be quite a dictator. You know, I was MD of a company, and so this is the way it's going to be, this is what you do. And I started to change. I started to give the guys, you know, free reign. I started to say, okay, would you like to do this? They, they didn't know what was going on. And, and, and it's the way that really God comes into your heart when you really let him, you know. It's really choice. You can let him come in or you don't let him come in. It's really up to you. And it's up to you if, if you want to let him make those changes. But I, I, I remember I came to the Lord and I just said, okay, okay, God, it's, I'm yours, you know. We, you've said, <clears throat> if I come to you, you come be Lord of my life. Okay, I said, then I'm yours. And so just take over. Take this body over. It's, it's yours now. And, and he, he does that sometimes, and sometimes I'm on the floor, and sometimes I burst out in strange tongues, which scared the life out of me initially when it happened. Right? You know, I've got like three different languages, and people think, well, this is strange, this guy's a bit kooky, you know, talking weird, weird languages in the church, but it's not, I didn't do it. And these languages came, and I didn't, and it says it in the scripture, in the book of Acts, and the Holy Spirit came upon them, they spoke in other tongues, and that's real, it, it really happens, and... There's times that I've prayed with people and not know what I'm praying, and God has done things. And other times I know exactly what I'm praying. <clears throat> so it's that supernatural work happened to me. I know it's real because it actually physically happened. A lot of things we, a lot of things we say, and you know, we talk about healing and those sorts of things, but we, we don't always see it. So we kind of we pray for people and we give up. Is that praying because we don't see anything happen? You know. Uh, just a little story with uh, Shirley, my wife, she, she's more out there than I am. I'm quite shy, actually, so it's a miracle of me being up here, really. But she, um, she's out there, you know, and we went, we went to the doctor. It was last year, and I've got flu, and I'm not feeling too well. And Shirley sees this lady coming, and she's hobbling in, young, young lady, actually, hobbling in. And Shirley says, I've got to go and pray with her. I said, well, look, I can't. I'm, I'm sick, you know. I don't want to give her my germs, so you go, and I'll, I'll sit back here, and I'll pray. So she goes and she prays with her, and she, this lady had this weird thing, spondylitis, I think it was something to do with the spine, and, and had it since a child. I was on drugs and in great pain, and so then we left, and I went to the doctor, and we didn't see her again. And so we, we go to Blue Root six months later. We're going up the escalator, and suddenly this woman comes running up to us. I don't know who she is, you know. And she said, you prayed for me. Yeah. My wife's saying, well, she didn't know where she prayed for so many people. She's not sure where she... But you prayed for me. I, I'm healed. Totally healed. Next day, no, I don't take drugs anymore. I don't... I'm, I'm back to gym. And so and we didn't recognize it. There was God did something. We didn't know, didn't feel anything when we prayed for you. There wasn't any great bright, bright lights came on, nothing like that. But she was totally healed the next day. I mean... It's amazing, but God sometimes gives you the opportunity just to see these things, you know, and to experience them. It was months later, and we didn't even recognize her. But that's, that's the supernatural power of God and what he brings in. And we mustn't ever overlook that and never forget about that in actual fact. Because he's real, you know? But we don't always see these things. But, but that's the whole point about faith, eh? Believing and not seeing. That's really what it's about. Well, I... <coughs> I'm going to talk about uh, the, the kingdom, two kingdoms today. There's two kingdoms. That's uh, Satan's kingdom, where he rules and reigns on this earth. And then we've got God's kingdom, 
where he rules and reigns in our hearts if we let him, okay? So, just looking from a Jewish perspective, the understanding of God is that he's king, right, of the universe that he created, and he, he takes charge or control whenever he wishes. But he doesn't control us, so you can see that he doesn't. Because, I mean, if he did, he wouldn't have let Israel do what they did if he was in, you know, taking total control. And you can see today he doesn't take total control. I mean, when we look at nature, we see tsunamis happening, and we see we've had wars, 36 wars, believe it or not, since 1945, since the Second World War ended. There's been wars all over the show. Small wars, but there have been wars, civil wars as well. And, and we, we ask, well, is God all-powerful, you know? Do we really see him in operation? Well, the answer is yes, he is. But there's two kingdoms in operation here, in actual fact. There's, there's Satan's kingdom and there's God's kingdom. So we talk a little bit about Satan's kingdom. And we know he is because remember when, when Jesus was baptized, the first thing he did was he actually went into the desert. He went to actually go and challenge the strong man, in actual fact. So he went into the desert and, and, and he also talks about that in Luke 4, 5. He says, the devil was taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give to you, and their glory for this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Now he's telling Jesus this, so, and Jesus is accepting it. He's not saying, you know, it's, it's not right. And, and then there again in Revelation 2.13, just to confirm that, he said, I know your works and where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, and you hold fast to my name and did not deny my faith, even in the days in which Antipas my, was my faithful martyr, who was killed among you where Satan dwells. So now this is like at the end of the stuff. So Satan's got this throne. He is here on earth. He does rule and reign in many ways. And he does put stuff on the airways of our lives. I mean, when you look at, and it's very, very deceiving. I mean, you look at what happened um, with the Jews. When in actual fact, um, the Gestapo came along to arrest them, they would come along at 3 o'clock in the morning, 3 a.m. in the morning. So when they're sleeping at the, at the unusual hour, so they could catch them off guard. That's what would happen there. Darkness is the character of Satan. He never opened a day club. He opened a nightclub. But some good things happen in nightclubs. I met my wife in a nightclub, so I can't knock her too much. But he's a, his kingdom is a kingdom of disease, deception, division, physical death, and spiritually dead to God. I mean... We've got friends, and they don't know the Lord, but we talk to them, and it's really, it's like a mind block. You just can't get through. It's like logic is working out their hand. They work all these things out logically. And you know, God is not, you can't work him out logically. You know, when you become born again, you don't know how this thing happens, do you, really? You can't look back and say, oh, I know. It, it, it happens like this or this happens. No, 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 you can't really do that. That born-again experience is like something that happens inside, that almost can't be explained, really. Hmm? You agree? Yeah, it's, it's supernatural and actually happens. It's interesting, though, in, in, in the natural fact how God works, because God uses all, all things in this life. He uses, in actual fact, Satan. I'll give you the one scripture, it's 1 Corinthians 5.1. It says, He actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, 
and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned, and that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed am absent in the body, but present in the spirit, have already judged, though I was present, him who has done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. So there you've got the church handing somebody over to Satan so that he might be saved. It's an interesting one. There's another one in 1 Timothy 1.20. It says, Of whom are Hermenius and Alexander, whom I delivered to Satan, so they may learn not to blaspheme. You see the, the church actually using Satan to sort people out for his church? It's interesting. It's in some Bibles that we, we've got where it says, um, uh, Do not lead us into temptation. You know that prayer? And for thine is the kingdom, the power and glory forever and ever. Amen, that one. But he says, but deliver us from evil is what some Bibles say. But it's actually not evil. It's supposed to be deliver us from the evil one. Not evil. Because, I mean, there's evil all around us and some of us go through it. You know, People get mugged. All sorts happen. That's evil. But it does happen. So it's deliver us from the evil one, not evil itself. And Satan has set up princes of evil over each and every country. And really the world is in rebellion towards God. And, and Jesus even says, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. So Jesus even prays for us. There. Then we come to looking at a kingdom, the kingdom of God. If we look at Europe, uh, since 1914... 24 kingdoms have gone. So we don't really understand kings anymore, let's face it. We actually operate in a democracy. And in a lot of ways, the church does that too. They, they get into, they vote. They vote people in, vote. It's, it's not really God's way. In the Bible, in actual fact, there's no place for democracy. It's, a, it's about to be subject to a king, to a theocracy. I'm originally from the United Kingdom, and they have a queen, but it's not called a queendom there, it's still called a kingdom. United Kingdom, but it's not really United Kingdom anymore. Uh, what happens there with the queen, in actual fact, the judiciary report to her and the armed forces. So they don't report to parliament, which is a good thing, because then they'd have all the power in their hands. So they, they report to the queen. Now she reigns, but she doesn't rule. I mean, when I was there, she didn't really affect my life, quite honestly. She didn't do much with me. Um, she, in actual fact, I, I, I acknowledged her when at Christmas time, she reads a message. And she is a Christian, by the way. It's important to note. But she reads a good message at Christmas time, and that's how everybody watches the TV then and listens to the Queen's message. But really, that's about it. And I think she sends you a, a postcard for your 100th birthday. So if you get to that, then you're acknowledged in that way. But other than that, she doesn't really do much in the individual's lives. I mean, they love to go and look at her and watch the guards on parade, and she's significant in that way. And, uh, but other than that, she doesn't actually really rule the people. They're ruled, and people like it. They're ruled by the government, really by themselves, who they voted in. That's what really happens. And, and that whole thing started in the garden, 
Okay? We'll begin Adam and Eve. That's the original problem. We've got Adam and Eve, and they're in the garden, and God says to them, listen, here's my will for your lives. You've got all these trees here, just this one. Leave it alone. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't, don't mess around with this. Not good for you. Leave it alone. So they think, well, I've got all these trees. No, but that one, oh, I really, I think that's a good idea. I think I'm going to, come on, let's, I'm sure. And then Satan comes along, puts some little words in the mouth, and along you come. So then you get the people. They want to actually lead their own lives. So Adam's will comes in. Eve's will comes in. They drop the will of God because that's his will for their lives. They drop that. They now have their own will. So let's go and eat from the tree. So they want to be kings of their own lives. It's not very different today. Really, we want to be kings of our own lives. We want to be in control of our own lives. That's the same then. And so what happened was they, they wanted to take control of their own lives. So... They said, no, we're going, to, we're going to eat of this. And so they did. So they, they took control. Then, after that story, okay, we get a whole lot of problems happen, right? Humanity has really gone to the dogs somewhat. And we get a guy called Noah, and God speaks to him, and he listens, believe it or not. And he says, listen, I want to go and build this ark. It's got to be this big wanted to use this, gives them all the dimensions, everything. Really, really hearing very well from God. I mean, we've we, we got problems just to hear one or two little things, but this guy gets a whole big picture of this ark and what he needs to build. So he, he listens, and he does this for about 100 years, I think it is. He's building this ark. And look at the perseverance there. I mean, we get one or two things wrong, and we, we, we just stop. No, I'm not going for this. I'm backing off. I mean, you know, in the workplace, in actual fact, you know, I know I did a lot of work in my life for years I didn't enjoy. I just had to get stuck into it. I just had to do it, you know. You've got to live. So we do many things that we don't always enjoy. But I know many youngsters today, I don't like this, so I'm going to move on to the next thing. No perseverance there. There was perseverance in, in, in this guy. And God saw that in him, so he says, listen, creation's got so bad, I'm going to wipe it out. Found a few guys here. You and your family, we're going to save them. We'll put you in the ark, which is above the judgment of God. So they put this ark and they put all the guys and the girls in there, along with the animals, and they raise it above the judgment seat of God because got the water's coming. Remember, it's God's judgment. But they're saved. And it's pitch around that. And that pitch stands for salvation, which we are saved when it comes to the judgment, the end of the age. We are saved and raised above those things. It's very important that... The Old Testament relates back a lot to the New. Huh? There's a lot in there. It's like um, Abraham says to, said to God about Lot. He said, listen, if there's more than so many righteous people in, in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you wipe it out? Starts off with 50, works his way down to 10. And God said, listen, if there's 10 people there, I'm not going to wipe out Sodom and Gomorrah. But there weren't. There was only four. So God sends two angels. only got four hands. Goes and grabs the people, and unfortunately, the wife looked back. She, she really was still looking at the world. She really, really fancied the world. She looked back, turned to pillar salt, and the rest carried on. And it all started off really with the old guy Abraham, that um, in actual fact, God talked to and said, Listen, I'm going to build a nation out of you, Abraham. Are you willing? And he said, Okay. And he left. He's got a lovely face brick house, by the way, had lots of money, had a good home. And God says to them, listen, I want you to leave this place. Go to this place called Canaan. You, you don't know much about it, but I want you to go there. And don't take any of your family. All right? 
meant family means, you know, his father or any relations like his nephew Lot was a bad idea to take him. So he says, leave them behind. I want you to go along with your wife and I'm going to build a new nation out of you. So he says, okay, I'll go. So he went with his father and they went to Haran and his father died. And then Lot says, can I go along with you? Now, literally, excuse the pun, a lot of problems came out of that. It really was because, I mean, when Lot went along, he had to go and rescue him. There's a whole story there which I won't go into. But it was because he wasn't exactly obedient to what God said. If he had done what God had said, he wouldn't have had the problem with, because the daughters, in actual fact, in the end, got their father drunk, had sex with him, and they had a couple of tribes, which caused the Israelites a lot of problems later on. So it wasn't just that small amount. It was major problems later on, in actual fact, which they had to pay a price for. But if, they'd li if he'd listened to God, done what he told, he'd had a lot less hassle. Now, the same happens with us. We don't always hear correctly. We don't always hear clearly. But we don't, in actual fact, take God at his word often. And these guys, guys like Abraham and Noah, they took God at his word. Now, human beings, we're not the top of creation in actual fact. We're above the animals, but we're a little bit below the angels. Although we will judge angels at the end of the age, that's stated there in scripture. <clears throat> so it's interesting that th three religions came out of Abraham, by the way. It was the Muslims, the Jews, and the Christians. They all believe in Abraham. Quite interesting. And there's 12 tribes came out. In actual fact, the other 12 tribes that came from Ishmael, there are literally 12 tribes, which is the Muslim nation. So all came there from Abraham. <clears throat> it was interesting that Israel wanted God to be sovereign but only sovereign over the nations that would come against them. They didn't want him to be sovereign over them. They wanted to do as they pleased, but they wanted him to be sovereign. They wanted to help him out. If nations come against us, they say to God, God, please help us sort the nations out. But they didn't really want him to rule over them, unfortunately. That's why they, they asked for a king, and God said, listen, you're going to have a king. He's going to rip you off. He's going to use your people as slaves. He's going to take your money, which is exactly what happened. So Israel wanted the benefits, but without responsibility. And God gave them chance after chance. And you got, in the end, he says, okay, I've had enough of you lot. I'm sending in Nebuchadnezzar. So in actual fact, it says in Scripture, it says he whistled him from the father. He whistled Nebuchadnezzar to come and to sort out Jerusalem, believe it or not. So Nebuchadnezzar comes in, in actual fact, he takes, he takes them out. He takes the first wave back to Babylon. That's the first wave, takes all the princes and those guys, and then he leaves them and he puts a guy in place, he puts a governor in place there, and the governor doesn't want to listen to the king there either, Nebuchadnezzar, does his own thing, that guy gets taken out, he takes the next wave out. And the same happens in three counts. In the end, the third time, God said, that's it, they flatten the place. So now Jerusalem is flattened. And the guys, in actual fact, now have gone into slavery. So that is an actual fact when the age of the Gentiles started, was in Nebuchadnezzar's day. Okay? And the age of the Gentiles now is still ongoing. It still exists today. 
until this age is ended, until Jesus comes back. Because <clears throat> what happened is then, then God, they were, Israel were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for a king to come back and to rule and to reign on earth. That's what they were looking for all the years. It's stated throughout their scripture that they're looking for their Messiah, their king, to come and rescue them. So when Jesus, God says, okay, I'm going to give you guys another chance. Let's send the Messiah, a savior for you. And it talks about the, the kingdom of God, and it appears 55 times in the Gospels and 22 times in, in other New Testament books. You then get the kingdom of heaven appearing 22 times as well. But that's really in Matthew and twice in Revelation, the kingdom of heaven. A little bit of difference is there, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is really what the Jews were looking for. It's the real kingdom on earth. It's, it's Jesus ruling and reigning, the Messiah. The kingdom of heaven. That's, that's why he says, look, the kingdom of heaven has come near you when he talks to the Jews. I Meaning it's come close. It's here. I'm here. I can, in actual fact, rule and reign here if you want me to. He was saying, I'm here. It's, it's here for your taking. But they, in actual fact, denied him. They didn't want it. It says here, <coughs> and, and you, you had, in actual fact, the kingdom of heaven on earth and the kingdom of God is the spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is the physical one where God will, will come back here. He will rule and reign with us in the thousand years. Okay? But right now we have a spiritual kingdom. We don't have... Jesus is not ruling and reigning on this earth. He is in our hearts, but he doesn't take control of all these situations. You know he doesn't. You can see he doesn't. Otherwise we wouldn't have the evil in the world which we've got. But he will come back. But he was offering it to that, them at that point in time. And they actually turned him down. Because the first guy to come in was John the Baptist. He was making a way for Jesus to come. And he's, he went there and he was, saying, he was preaching in the wilderness of Judea saying, Repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It, it's going to come. So he was really saying, Make yourself ready for the sudden, sudden rule of righteousness. Okay? Then Jesus comes along. He gets baptized, and as I said, the first job he does is he actually goes and, deal, and has a deal with Satan, and overcomes Satan, in actual fact, and Satan leaves him. And then straight after that, he goes preaching the kingdom of God. He doesn't say, come and get born again. The born again scenario only happened with Nicodemus, and the guy was a bit scared to be seen talking to Jesus, because he was one of the the religious people, and he came to him at 2 o'clock in the morning. And actual fact, and, and Jesus said to him, well, you've got to be born again if you want to enter this kingdom. So yes, that is the entry point, but it wasn't what Jesus preached. He didn't preach that. He didn't preach, come and be born again. He didn't. He preached the kingdom of God, which is very different. We know the entry to the kingdom of God is to become born again, is to become filled with the Spirit, but that isn't what Jesus preached. He preached the kingdom of God. Once um, Jesus had, had started preaching to the Jews and he'd spoken to them, he was doing healing. Remember, he preached the kingdom of God and he'd come in power. So there was healing along with his message. It wasn't just the message. He would always heal in the sick. 
It was always helping the people, no matter what. It was there, helping the people. It was healing and a message. It was healing and a message all the way through. <clears throat> but in actual fact, then in, in Matthew, I think it's 12 or 13, you get where they say, but he's doing all these works by Beelzebub, which is by the devil. And they, that's really was blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So that's where they really rejected Jesus. And you'll see in, in Matthew 13, further on, and Jesus says, and he went by the sea. Now, to go by the sea is really, he's going to the world now. So the Jews have rejected him. So he says, okay, you've rejected me. Now, I've got another idea. So let me look at now starting the church. So <clears throat> it's, the Jews really were not the replacement for them. They've been put to one side. The Jewish nation are put to one side. And you'll see later on and, and it's in, that, that God, in actual fact, will bring salvation to them. He will save them supernaturally. But that's further down after the tribulation time. So the church today really is a colony. We're actually supposed to be colonized, really, of the kingdom of God, of heaven. So really what it is, you know what they used to do when they colonize a country? UK would come and let's say they took over Bermuda. So they took Bermuda and they take a governor, they put a governor in place, and it'd have to be British because he's got to know all the culture of the UK. So he goes in there and he actually says, okay, we're going to drive on the left-hand side of the road now. Yeah, actually, in fact, we drink tea at this time of day, so they drink tea, and we speak English, so you've all got to speak English. Well, that's what happened to Bermuda. It was colonized, so the culture was changed. So in a colony, it's a different culture. In a religion, what you do is you fold a set of rules. No, we're not that. We're actually supposed to be a colony of the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So we're supposed to be colonized. We're supposed to be brought together as a colony. We're supposed to have a different culture. Our culture is supposed to be to love one another. It's supposed to be built into you. I know it's difficult because this world, a lot of what people do, it's not so easy to just love people. But it's supposed to be built into us. It's a culture. We're supposed to be a colony. Here on earth, supposed to be colonized. And what they did was they would put the governor in place. So what we've got, Jesus says, okay, the, the king didn't reside in Bermuda. The king resided in Great Britain. That's where he stayed. Likewise, our king is in heaven. He resided in heaven. He put a governor here over us to colonize us, the Holy Spirit, to change us, to give us a new culture. That's what the Holy Spirit does if you listen to him. So we're supposed to be a colony, and we're supposed to be cultured by the governor, who's, our, who's the Holy Spirit. He's the governor over us. And he should bring in this new culture into, into our midst. That we're supposed to operate completely differently. Operate as if we were heavenly people. And just, just, just to point out about heaven being God's throne and the earth his footstool, and in Luke 11, 2, so he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name and your kingdom come. So want it to come here on earth. Your will be done. So it's his will on earth as it is in heaven. So that's that colony there again. Okay. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For as we also forgive those who sin us, sin against us, 
and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So that prayer, which we all know we talk about it, is really we want to bring that heaven here on earth. We want to be colonized into that way that we have in heaven. And that's what we're supposed to represent, coming in a totally operative spirit to everybody else. And, and it's interesting because the Lord talks about us being strangers here. We're sojourners. We're not of this world, is what he says. So once you come in, once you're filled with the Spirit, you're not of this world. He says that. You're a sojourner. You're just going through this. And, and, and life, he says, is also, it's like, a, it's like a flower. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Grass, rather. Here today, gone tomorrow. It goes very quickly. I don't know about you, but we were talking earlier on of the older ones, and we said, as you get older, time seems to go quicker. And I said, well, it works this way. If you're 10 years old, it goes 10% faster. When you get to 20, it goes 20% faster. When you get to 60, it gets 60% faster. That seems to be how, in actual fact, time works in our lives. Because as we get older, we see it say, time goes so quickly. Anybody register with that? <laughs> okay. In Ephesians, it talks about 2.19. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building, being joined together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And, it goes on, and Corinthians says, Now then we are ambassadors of Christ, although God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We see all these things where the Lord's putting this word out there to edify us, to draw us closer to him in actual fact, to become that which we are not in the world. You know, we, we often in actual fact fall back into the worldly stuff. It's so easy because everything is so physical. I mean, look how much you were raised in the worldly things. The children, bad stuff you don't have to train them to do. They already know it. No training for bad stuff. Only because it's strange that, isn't it? The child will always do the wrong thing. You've always got to get them to do the right thing. You don't have to train them to do the wrong stuff. Only the right stuff. <clears throat> and, that, and, and with us, that's why we have the Holy Spirit in us to listen to what he has to say and to be obedient to that. Look, I know in, in some cases not always so easy to hear from the Lord, is it? Do you find it easy to hear? Yes? No? No response? Easy? Yes? Some do, some don't. Some people find it very easy, some don't. But it's, it's the only way we can actual fact. Otherwise, we've just got to walk in what we know without hearing. We just must walk in that which we know. And so his word is here to read that, to understand it, and then just to take that, take the discipline. There's not a lot of discipline in this world today in actual fact. And the truth has become whatever you care to believe. That's your truth. Sadly so. We're talking about I mean, fake news, can you believe it? It's not, you have to have something telling you that news is fake. Hello? Don't listen to it. So we have other stuff that tells you that this stuff is wrong that should be right. And then people just say, well, this is my truth. What's good for you is good for you. And it, it really goes back, all the way back in Scripture, that says, and they were doing what was right in their own eyes. Just back, all the way back to Israel, doing right what was in their own eyes, unfortunately. And we're, we're going that route. I think that's what we're saying. Lord, your kingdom come. Really, we'd like to see you come back a lot sooner. Because 
But it, <coughs> it's a strange one when he comes back and, and uh, Israel's rescued and, and then we get a thousand year reign. Okay? We get the Lord reigning with a rod of iron from Jerusalem for a thousand years and we, we were born again, we've now got supernatural bodies. We don't have these ones because they give us too much problem. And you know that this, this body is, is still sinful. It can't come before God in heaven. It's got to go away because it's sinful. Remember? Lord said the earth was cursed, right? Not the, human, not the human being himself, but the earth. And we were made from the earth. So this flesh is not going to exist in eternity. You're going to get a new one that can go through walls. Okay? And, but your soul and your spirit are going to carry on. So your memories and all those things are going to carry on. That's why it's talked about in Scripture. Hand over to Satan that his soul may be saved, okay? That we don't want to look, because that's eternal. These things, the spirit and the soul, they are eternal. And your memories, and your, they will all carry on with you. The memories that you have. And, but I think when you get to this heavenly place, it's going to be so wonderful, you're not going to have, a, I mean, a lot of people say, I'm going to ask God all these questions. I don't think so. Because when you see these things, the bright lights happening, you read scripture, they were on their faces. And unexplainable joy which they have, which we can't comprehend right now. But we do know, you know, when, when Moses was up the mountain, he couldn't even look at God. He had to look at his back. He had to cover his eyes and cleft the rock because God was so bright. It says, It's the spirit that gives life, and the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit, and they are life. So God's priority really is his kingdom. As he says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. The angels really do the fighting. I mean, as Jesus said, you know, he said, Jesus said, and put your sword in your place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you think that I cannot now pray to my father and he'll provide me with more than 12 legions of angels. That's a lot of angels. What's in a legion? 6,000 or 8,000? Can't remember which. Anyone know? So, you know, let's, say, let's look at it six. So, 72,000 angels, just like that. So, that's why it's important that we pray. Because that's really the power that we have. Because God does the fighting. We don't actually do that spiritual fighting. We only do that fighting in prayer. We can, we do have spiritual authority when we talk about casting out demons. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and healing the sick, that authority is there. And, and to bind unclean spirits in a place, you know. Sometimes we don't realize that we have spiritual authority. You, know, you can come into a place and suddenly you, you get all confused, you don't know why. Well, you can bind that spirit that's causing that because what happens is in places, whether like it or not, we get things on the airwaves. Remember, talks about Satan be the prince, the power of the air. So you get thoughts coming into your mind that are not your thoughts. All right? That happens. You've really got to cast down those vain imaginations and bring them under the knowledge of God. That's how our responsibility. Okay? So Jesus is a king. He's not a religious leader. Right. The president is not equal to a king. We don't bow down and worship a president. We really only worship kings. And they 
and maintain that level of authority. And, and a king is never voted in. He's hereditary sovereign. So when somebody dies, the next person that's in line takes their place. So he doesn't get voted in. And what he says goes. The king says something, it would happen. And ever wanted God to be sovereign over your body? Really want that? I mean, he says you're supposed to be living sacrifices. Are we really living sacrifices? I mean, most of the time we say, well, listen, Lord, heal me, and I like to go and do as I please. So that's not sovereign over your body, is it? He says, I want your healing, but let me go and do as I please. The fruits of the kingdom really are, <coughs> is, is the fruit of the Spirit in actual fact. So the fruits of that kingdom really is joy, peace, love. I'm not putting them in any sequence. I can see my wife looking at me. Long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, against such there's no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. It continues to be our fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil. It continues on to be that the world, it, it's, really, it, it's really impressing a lot of things. Like TV, in actual fact, really conditions us a great deal. It's a really, if you look at it, you can go to remote islands where they've got TV and you'll see them wearing their hats back to front and dancing in different ways because they get it from the TV. It wasn't part of their culture. But the conditioning is happening through the TV, believe it or not. Conditioning on the homosexuals, all that sort of stuff, make it more and more acceptable. It's making things more and more acceptable to you. So you've got the old frog in the water, you know, being heated up very slowly until you accept it. And so you accept compromise. And that's what's happening with the world. We're starting to compromise in the church and starting to accept compromise, unfortunately. But it's happening. And when you, when you stand up for the things of the Lord, and people, it seems some people in the church, they, they don't like you doing that. So the Lord said, it's better in natural fact to, is it better to lose your soul and gain the world? Now we think that's, that's gain the world is material stuff, but it actually isn't. Because you lose your soul, let's take the example of, um, let's say I, I'm talking to Simon Hershek, I'm saying, look, this is wrong. And this person next to me is saying, no, you shouldn't really be saying that. You need to tell me it's okay that we love you and all those good things. And now, when you start to agree with that, you in actual fact are being accepted into the world. You say, I want to be, I want to be liked by the world. So that really is winning the world. So you take the whole world, but you're going to lose your soul. That's what it means by gaining the whole world and losing your soul, you're actually taking and accepting that which is in the world because you want to fit in. You want to be liked. We all want to be liked, don't we? But that's what's happening with us. Because we want to be liked, we don't want to stand up anymore for the Word of God. We compromise it and we, we, we want to be liked. We want to be accepted in the world. Unfortunately. And more and more and more it's working on us. The world is working on you every single day with what the TV, with whatever's going on, is in actual fact working on you to try and change you, to try and lose that culture which God wants you to build on. It's that colony he wants to break down the family. He re we really must, 
And the only way we can really win over is to walk in the Spirit, not in the flesh, read His Word. <coughs> That's the other way. We gather together. Look, the, the whole gathering here is not our idea. It's God's idea. The gathering together of His body was to edify one another, was to help one another in one another's lives, to be a community, to expand the culture. That's what it's about. It's God's idea. It's not ours, you know. A lot of people, I know friends have stopped going to church. I don't know why, because they got offended because of something. And unfortunately, to get an offense, that's an oxymoron. If you're born again, you get offended, something's wrong. Because it means you're not walking in the Spirit, because we're not supposed to pick up offenses. But we do. You know, if somebody says something wrong, oh, I didn't like what that guy said, I'm not going back there. We don't persevere. We, in actual fact, we just, we fall by the wayside. And, and then what happens when you, when you don't come to the body anymore? People lose out. I mean, our whole object here is to really, is to build more in the things of the Spirit, is to get one another participating with one another. That's what we want. We want it to be supernatural. We want you to... You've got a word from the Lord today. Yes, you've got a word for somebody over there. Go and speak to them. Go and build them up. Draw them out of them. Do what God's put into you. Don't, don't just sit back and be like, you know, oh, is this just the world? I'm not feeling like this today. When we do that, we go nowhere. You, somebody's missing out by whoever it is in, isn't here. Somebody's missing out. So it's important that we do gather together as a body and we do get the gifts, stir them up. Timothy was told, I mean, even... Paul told him, listen, stir up the gifts I've put within you. So it's important. And the way we stir those things up is by praying in our other language, if some God's given that to you. That's one of the ways. The other ways is worship. Worship the Lord. Those things we need to sometimes stir ourselves up, shake ourselves up a bit. That's when we have praise and worship songs. It's, and we start to, maybe some, some words are a little repetitive, but that's a good thing because you don't have to think about them anymore. You can start to just automatically start to now draw on your spirit instead of on your brain. If I put all lots of different words up here, you've got to think about it the whole time. You've got to think, think, think. We don't want that. You need to just naturally, it's like the culture we're talking about, it's naturally come into loving one another. There's a guy called Dan Mola that we, we listen to, and he seems to have had some radical transformation. I mean, he just loves everybody. So he, somebody smashed his car up, brand new vehicle, and, and he was loving to the person after. I mean, I, I, look, I'm sorry, I'm not that, I'm, I haven't got that, haven't got to that level. But this, <laughs> no, no, not car, no. But he's lo he was loving to this person. I mean, most amazing. So the transformation that this chap has made, but when you look at him and listen to him, you think, oh, I should be like that. Well, no, don't use these other guys as, to, to judge yourself by. Really don't do that. Because some people have supernatural experiences and some don't. Some have to work at it. It's just the way that life is, and because we are really are all unique individuals. Now, God, is, God placed you wherever you are in a unique position, then in actual fact, only you can do what he's given you to do in that place. He can't replicate you. Only you can do that. When, when I first came to the Lord, my missionary place was my workspace. I would talk to everybody. I don't, I don't know where it came from. I, just, I didn't know a thing about the Bible, but I would share with them about God. And I didn't know anything, you know. Hadn't been on an evangelist course, none of that stuff. I just started to share what was in me. And, and then it came to a week of God is able if you're willing of what we went to. It was every night of the week. Can you imagine now? Spending your whole time, a whole week, and you, you work, 
got a very responsible job, had 120-odd staff there, so I had a very responsible job, but I was going every single night. I was taking my time. I mean, today, if I said come to a prayer meeting in the week, you might have a problem with that. But then, I mean, we chased after everything, didn't we, Shirley? We chased after everything that, that God had for us. We were searching. He said, seek me, you'll find me. Well, well we did. We did find him. And we found change in our lives that he brought about supernatural because we were willing to seek and find. In a lot of cases today, we want to sit back and say, well, God, come and do it. No, it's not how it works. There's a seeking and finding. And, you know, even studying scripture is hard work. Not so simple, you know. When I try to put something together today to speak to you about, it was not easy. I'm like, oh, what am I going to say to these people? You know, how, maybe I'll get it wrong, you know. So you never, <coughs> it's never so easy studying through scripture. You must understand you're there at YWAM, aren't you? Yeah, and he has to do these things every day. So it's not so easy, in actual fact, drawing on God's word and, and speaking to people. And when you talk to people, you don't want to really make any mistakes. Because it, people hear differently, huh? You've got different lenses. Yeah? You've got different experiences. So the experiences that you have, you're going to hear differently. You're going to say, I've, you know, I've got some people and they've said to me, oh, but you said this. I said, I didn't say that. They've heard differently. So you, you, it's very hard sometimes to get the right point across to people, the point that you really want to get across. But the point today is really that we are supposed to be a colony. We're supposed to really, in actual fact, be a culture. The culture is supposed to be embedded in us. And we do part of that by getting together, by sharing with one another, by helping one another. That's all part of building on our culture. And that's what we're doing here today. So, what sound is your life making? Is it the sound of the kingdom? Or is it following the world? Any questions? Because, you know, this is a family, and we can ask questions, we can talk about things here. We, it doesn't have to be one-way communication. That's the difference here now. We're small enough to, to have two-way communication. Anybody want to say anything? Interact. You want some demonstrations with placards or without? Okay. Okay. Yes, I know. You do that? Anybody want to ask questions? Sorry? Sorry, what? Oh, that's. Go back? Oh, the sign, you saw it recreational. That's it. It says he's the God of this world, remember? That's what he says. That is, yes. That's a real sign in a place. Crazy, eh? <laughs> yeah. Not that recreation is a problem. Hey? I just use the sign. Okay? Recreation is fine. Not a problem. No questions? Sorry. That's, that's right. Exactly. You, you, you wanted some demonstration. When we talk about power, you'd like to see some demonstrations, huh? I think the kingdom counts as power. Yes, it does. And so we talk about the kingdom and not actually demonstrate. So, for example, somebody who's feeling sick right now. Okay. 
Is there? Somebody got a word of encouragement for somebody? Or somebody feeling sick? You all look quite healthy. No? You're, okay. Come. Shirley, pray for a sore neck.